T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. a quick update here on my Uber uh, story because um, I mentioned this to Sue in the last hour. So I get home last night. I look at my email. I don't even really look at my email right away. And I notice that I have a charge from Uber that says uh, cancellation fee, $33. And it claims that I made a request for an Uber when I was leaving the station here. And I didn't, you know, pick up the Uber because I had my car. I didn't need the Uber. Yeah, that is crazy to me. It's really weird. But what I ended up doing, so I went through the app and I tried to file whatever you could file didn't really convince that anyone would look at it, but I went on Twitter and I did an at reply to Uber and Uber support, and I got a response right away. Yeah, they they somehow really do that it's really great. quickly. A on lot of Twitter. companies do it. And to, to your point, Sue and I were talking about this a couple of minutes ago. They don't want the uh, the bad pub out there anymore nope. on the social media that you nope. can imagine. So someone you know responded. I sent them a couple of screen captures. I am very confused by it. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No. Uh, you know what else doesn't make sense? I wanted to admit something here, Sue, to you this that afternoon. That it's Tuesday and not Friday? Yeah, unfortunately, oh. that's probably true. Um, I saw this great story yesterday on Fox. It was about this um, seventh-grade basketball player who uh, sank a layup, a free-throw, um, a three-point shot, and a half-court shot, and made a bunch of money, right? I. Yeah. Yeah. And I know what you did, because let me tell you something. I see that story yesterday. I wanted to talk about it. And then today I was tooling around. You're gone next week. Um, I think you're gone Friday, Monday, Tuesday. And I have a media friend of mine who used to work in the market. She She's back here in St. Louis. Don Kendrick is her name. Dear friend from my days in Columbia. She's been, she used to work at Channel 30 when they had a news department here. And then she's been in Cleveland. So I happened to go on Friday afternoon to the Twitter, where we have the feed of the show. In fact, you can be dazzled right now, ladies and gentlemen. You go up there, you can see Sue yes. and Abby and oh, I. And dazzling. Don't have Fred here, but you can see the studio and how uh, how goofy I look on a regular basis. But what I realized, that, that story about that kid is great. Sue told all of you about this on Friday afternoon, but here's what happened. When I'm watching this video, this is exactly, I missed everything you said. I know, because you were running around it in here. It was when the balloon yes. thing was going on. So when I'm watching this video, I'm like, Oh, Sue did that great story about the kid because it really is an amazing story. The kid does the yeah. layup, and he does it in like 23 seconds. Yeah. He doesn't even look like he's stressed about it, and he wins a $10,000. I think maybe it was a scholarship. Anyway, you did the story, but if you watch, I'm working with Abby. I'm showing Abby my phone because Ann Wagner was texting. The balloon was overhead. Yeah. We were trying to get Ann on. Fred wasn't here, which was part of the issue. So I want to sincerely apologize because that was a great story, and I didn't oh. hear 
any of it the other day because well, I was you. occupied with I that. I get that. Sometimes that happens, but thank you for saying. Mark Cox brought that story up in the morning. And you said, I did that Friday on the No, he show. said, I heard you do it, so oh. I went to watch the video. It really is cool. They, they, I was going to pull some of the audio. The kid wasn't, the, the, you know, he's a kid, right? But it, it's, you see these stories every once in a while. I think it's better that it happened, like, to a seventh grader, right? Yeah. Because you see this at the college halftime or even an NBA game. They always do this. And every once in a while, you know, like 1% of the time or whatever it is, somebody hits it. But to see this little kid step up. And, and when do he does this half court, I mean, it's like he's throwing he a baseball. It, right? He just whips it. They asked him yesterday if he really had, you know, if he had practiced. He said no. He just kind of, he did a little bit, but then. He did a little bit, that's what I heard. It's, but still. It's lucky. It's, though, yeah, think. yeah. There's no way you could actually practice that and have it be consistent. No, not at all. in seventh grade. But that is awesome. And then one more thing before Sue's News, and this would be a, a quiz. I gave this quiz earlier to Abby, and she failed, and I would have failed. But we, we had guessed Well, then you, I'm going to fail. No, I don't know, though. We, we kind of have our chips on you on this what? one here, Sue, so we'll have to see. Do you know where Floridale Hills is? I do not. <laughs> she didn't know. So here's the story. All right, here we go. This is in our local paper. Our local paper. <laughs> Two former Floridale Hills city officials pleaded guilty this week to federal. And then I stopped, right, Abby? I said, you, you, there's nothing more you need to know about the point I'm trying to make. And the point I'm trying to make is no... I've lived in St. Louis. Let's see. I was here from 1979 to 1983. I went to Mizzou, but I was in Missouri from 1979 to 1997, right? And then I moved back here in 2006. So most of my life I've spent in Missouri and a good portion of it here in St. Louis. It's got to be north. There's not a month that goes by, Sue, from my existence in St. Louis where I'm not introduced to another subdivision or municipality that I had no idea that existed in our area because there's about a million of them. I know. It's really true. I would guess that's somewhere up north. Yes, it is. uh, It is. But the story is actually kind of interesting, too. It must be tiny. uh, Now I've got to look it up. Yeah. It it is tiny, right? Let me me explain it Oh, it's by Jennings. Yes, yes. Two former Floridale... This is what, by the way, this is what you get when you incorporate, you know, something like this. And this is what part of the problem is in St. Louis. So you have these people that work for this municipality that nobody knows exists, even for those of us who have been in St. Louis for decades and decades, that have pleaded guilty to federal charges of embezzling around $647,000. Oh, my God. Yeah, over six years. The city's budget is $450,000 annually. So the former clerk of Floridale Hills, Maureen Woodson, who's 68, pleaded guilty yesterday to one count of mail fraud and one count of wire fraud. She admitted to stealing $487,673 from the city. How did they not notice? There's only, there not even a thousand people live there, according to Wikipedia. Her co-defendant, former assistant clerk, 76-year-old Donna Thompson, boy, they hire him young there in uh, Floridale Hills, on Tuesday pleaded guilty to the same charge. Uh, Mail and wire fraud would be sentenced a day after Woodson is on May 17th. She admitted to stealing $159,000, 903, will be ordered to repay the money along with whatever fine is imposed at sentencing. Uh, The two women lived together in Florissant. and they were indicted in August. They pleaded not guilty around the same time. Woodson admitted that from February 2016 to April 2022, she and Thompson wrote about 614 checks to themselves. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And forged the signature of either the mayor or the treasurer on the checks, according to a plea agreement. Each city check written required Woodson's signature along with either the mayor or the treasurer. They cashed some checks, deposited others into their bank accounts. Um, They used it for auto loans, for IRS tax payments. More than half of those checks were made out 
to Woodson. Now, I'm going to be very curious to see how long these women spend in um, in prison because they're older. What are they going to give them? A year in prison for this? And uh, you know what that tells me? Crime pays because they'll never pay the money back. No, they won't. But they can't. No. I would assume all of that's gone. Poor Floridell Hills. Here's something else that is great about this. They think that a lot of the money, and just multiply what I'm about to tell you times, you know, a trillion, right? I wish that was an exaggeration. They think a lot of it was federal COVID relief funds, oh, right? That makes more the sense. The pandemic exacerbated the city's inability to keep closer tabs on finances because the building was closed much of the time. Or, or here's another option, ladies and gentlemen. There should not be a municipality that is called Floridale Hills that has 1,200 residents. Yes. Let's, you know, stop that madness, but we can't, right? So all the money that those of you who live in Floridale Hills have paid, all your, the bottom line is all your taxpayer money that you sent in, they spent it on their, um, on their clothes, on is restaurants. Is that what they bought? Did oh, it they say in whatever. there? They, yeah. they just spent the money. Mobile they paid, homes, They whatever. paid the IRS. Uh, yeah, this says auto loan stuff like that. So congratulate, congratulations to Floridale Hills, Missouri, on becoming another in a long line of municipalities that nobody's ever heard of that is corrupt in the area. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. 74 years ago today in 1949, Joe DiMaggio signed with the Yankees for $100,000. It was the first six-figure contract in the major leagues. Uh, By the way, the average salary in baseball now is over $4 million. Yeah. Wow. Uh, mm, Wow. So give me that again. What year? It was 1949. He was the first six-figure contract at 100 grand. I just want to see what the translation is. It is the equivalent. Oh yeah. Well, it's 1.2 million, but that's oh. still, you know, sorry, still pretty low compared to what they're getting now. Right? Now, uh, 59 years ago today, that's in 1964, of course, is when the Beatles arrived at New York's Kennedy Airport for their Close first your appearance. Eyes, and I'll kiss you On the Ed Sullivan Show. And this was the first song they did, by the way. It was also the day that Baskin Robbins introduced Beetle Nut Ice Cream. Oh. <laughs> now, this is the second Baskin Robbins reference on Sue's News in, thank a ma- you. in as many weeks, I believe. Yes, and here's what it was pistachio and walnut flavored with a chocolate ribbon. That doesn't sound bad. Apparently, Baskin Robbins, back in the day, uh, would honor. You know, remarkable days in history with special edition flavors. For uh, 1969, the moon landing, they did lunar cheesecake. Uh, For the bicentennial of America, they did Valley Forge fudge. I had no idea, but not all of those sound good to me. I think they need to start doing that again. Those all sound delicious. I totally agree, Abby. God dang it, that does sound good, (laughs) doesn't it? Uh, 49 years ago today, in 1974, I've never watched this whole thing. I'm sure that's making me some sort of horrible person. But in 1974, Blazing Saddles was released. Yep, see? Wait, wait, see? Wait, you've never watched uh-uh. Blazing Saddles nope. like the whole movie? Nope. 
starring Mel Brooks in four different roles. Well, Abby, I, Abby's Abby's gonna be like, I haven't either, but no, I get, please. I get that. I really. I'm do. not sure I've even heard of it. Oh, Whoa, now that's, that's bad. Yeah. yeah, that is bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's if, it doesn't matter because you're of the woke era, and it would be yes, it would really shock inappropriate. You. Oh, yes, okay. it would. <laughs> Harvey Corman that uh, was in three roles. Gene Wilder was in it as the Waco kid. Uh, that was 49 years ago today. And then 47 years ago today, this song hit number one on the charts. Well, Paul Simon, if I'm oh, not mistaken, yeah. right? 50 Ways to Leave Your that Lover. That is correct. Which has got a pretty long intro. Oh, yeah, I forgot about talking, that. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember that from being in the car uh, with my mom. And uh, that was a long time ago, but I remember hearing this song, and I thought, that doesn't seem like 50. That's what was my thought at the time. Oh, That's a, a little... few, but I thought, that doesn't add up to 50. Wait a second. You were challenging Paul Simon's math <laughs> yes! is what you were doing? That is fascinating. Problem I never even thought about that, Sue, but you're probably right. right? Yeah. I mean, it's a great song, though. Slip Abby, out the you back, heard Jack. this song before you pulled it? I had, yes. You had heard this song. Oh, right? That's impressive. That is. Uh, it is not on the soundtrack of Blazing Saddles. No, so no. You know. <laughs> so that's good to know. So Dad was uh, listening to good music but didn't oh, expose yeah. you to inappropriate movies <laughs> when you were younger. I get it. We were talking about AI yesterday, and I saw this story today because Vance was in here explaining it. There's a story now out about Getty Images suing an AI art generator named Stable Diffusion for copyright infringement. Because besides generating writing, AI can also generate art, right? So if I said, uh, show me a piece of art with a, uh, make me one with a unicorn and Forest Park, then poof, one would appear. Well, Getty Images says the AI company used millions, they think up to 12 million of its stock images as the basis to train its AI, and it did it without any permissions or compensation. So this is going to be the wave of yes. what's next, you know? And I don't have time to do this now because this is Sue's News, but I did find an interesting piece that maybe we even have some time to get into a little bit later about a professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, which is basically the People's Republic of Wisconsin. That's the uh, Soviet capital of America right there. But he, he had a different approach to how, because we talked about this with Vance yesterday, what do you do if right. you're a college professor, high school professor, how or a high school instructor, how do you prevent your kids from, you know, Cheating and cheating. writing a paper that his, way. His position was, and I was sharing this with Abby earlier, is he's not going to do anything different. And I'm not so sure he's not on the wrong course, and I'll explain. If we have time, he, he makes a case for it, which oh, is kind I'm, of interesting. I, I'm intrigued by yeah. that. I would like to actually hear the defense of that. Do you want one more, or shall I wrap No, you do one more. Okay. Scientists have taken a major step towards diverting lightning strikes, and this is not with rods, but lasers. Obviously, it's not good when lighting, uh, lightning hits buildings or people or disrupts rocket launches or anything like that. And they're trying to figure out how to prevent it. Now, lightning rods work, but on some buildings, they'd have to be so tall it's not practical. So they protect areas as wide as they are tall. So scientists have tested using a laser that just pulsed 1,000 times per second to try to steer the lightning toward a rod and it worked during a real world test in switzerland this is as close as we're coming to be able to control anything like lightning or weather in general but apparently the lasers they're going to work on and they aren't able to stop it but if they can move it to the lightning rod that will be huge for especially rocket launches apparently it's a real annoyance to nasa 
and stuff like that when they try to do any kind of major expensive thing and it lightning and then they can't do anything about it. And finally in Sue's news, we have today's random fact. Mm. All right, I'm going to do this one. To save money during World War I, Woodrow Wilson got rid of the White House groundskeepers and kept a flock of 48 sheep on the lawn to chew the grass. I love this! Innovation. Yeah, I like it too. And then the wool they sheared from the sheep was sold at auction to raise money for the Red Cross. America. I, I love, love that. that so much. I do, too. You know, a friend of mine got, you can hire goats. Uh, a company does goats that we, they will come to your land and chew everything that you don't want for a day. And then they, they come in a big truck, unload the goats, and then load them back up. And it works like a charm, he said. The crowd didn't like it, but I love it. I do love that, <laughs> nice. Sue. That is great. And that wraps up Sue's news for this Tuesday afternoon. Victoria Marshall from The Federalist coming up. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Bill Holloway coming up here in just a little bit. We'll talk about uh, several things. There's also some new Gabby Petito information out today about that traffic stop before she was killed by uh, her boyfriend that's sort of interesting and I think Phil will want to weigh in on that you know the other thing Sue that we were going to discuss with Phil he's been writing about this you know in the cases from Idaho we want a jury to be impartial and have um, 
the ability to convict or to not convict based on the evidence at hand. However, they have a big gag order. And we, we've talked about this a little bit. I think gag orders are appropriate to a certain extent. This judge, though, in that case in Idaho has gone way, way far. Like the family members are affected. Really? Um, well, well, it, not a good way. It, it, it's it's too extreme of a gag order. So they're trying to get it, I think, at oh, this point. Eased. There's a process to get it eased. And wow. Phil's going to talk about that. So we got a bunch of stuff. Um, and I have, by the way, I might get to this before the break. I have an update on my Uber story, which is maybe good. even more confusing. But I'll get oh. to that here mm. in just a second. Victoria Marshall is back with us this afternoon. She's a staff writer for The Federalist. Wrote a piece that caught my attention. I think she's right about this, by the way. It's... Um, rather probably going to be deemed controversial in some circles about what happened with Tyree Nichols. But Victoria, how are you this afternoon? Welcome back. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You make the case that maybe, maybe if it wasn't for BLM, um, Tyree Nichols might still be alive, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Explain. Yeah. So basically in uh, August of 2020, which is when two of the five police officers charged with the fatal beating of Tyree Nichols were hired in the Memphis Police Department. It was obviously during the George Floyd's riots, which, you know, contributed to a lot of anti-police sentiment in the country. As a result of that, uh, police departments were, you know, really were desperate for new recruits. And so they relaxed their hiring standards. Um, Memphis Police Department being one of them, they nixed their uh, the requirement to have an associate's degree. Um, or 54 college credit hours. Um, two of the five police officers that beat up Tyra Nichols, um, they were hired in August 2020. And so Memphis police office, Memphis, the Memphis police officer was police department was desperate for recruits. And I make the case that Black Lives Matter is to blame um, for this lack of police officers um, in the country because no one wanted to be a cop anymore because. Yeah, police departments were desperate for police officers. Yeah, well, so it's twofold, actually. And this is interesting because you put some stats in here from this group, Police Executive Research Forum. And we've chronicled this, by the way, Victoria, here in St. Louis. It's been, unfortunately, Exhibit A in some of this. And we go back a little further than George Floyd because I think we're ground zero with what happened with Mike Brown and Mike Brown's father. Mike Brown's father, for some reason, is in the uh, House chamber for the State of the Union address tonight. We're very confused about that. But... The uh, PERF is the group, Police Executive Research Forum. They keep track of this, and they say in the aftermath of George Floyd, the retirement rates went up 45% compared to the previous year. That's a big number, right? And the hiring rate Mm -hmm. drops at the same time, so that's when panic ensues. And if you're trying to put bodies on the street, they lower standards, which is what we found out about here in in Mm -hmm. Memphis, and I think we're finding out more details about that. Yeah, exactly. And so you have bad cops in the streets and then the bad cops will perpetuate violence against the community. Um, So but you so that Black Lives Matter is to blame for that because these police departments were desperate. I mean, the hiring rate dropped five percent across the country because all the good guys, the people that could meet the hiring requirements, did not want to be a cop because of the anti-cop sentiment around the country. No one wants to be labeled the bad guy. And that's the result of Black Lives Matter, whose propaganda was just everywhere. Um, in the streets with the George Floyd riots that went on, you know, for several months and just across social media and popular culture. 
So uh, that's the argument I make. Victoria, we, we ask this question here in St. Louis almost on a regular basis, and uh, I don't think there is an answer, but I don't know how. Do you see a path where this can be actually turned around, especially given the, the media climate that we're in? Because even if you have a mayor, and we don't have that here in St. Louis, but even if you have a mayor or lawmakers in a state capital or in a particular city or municipality that are committed to maybe making some changes and prioritizing law enforcement, boy, you won't even be allowed to do that by the woke media out there because they're so anti-cop. Yeah, no, exactly. I definitely think because, you know, Black Lives Matter has made this into a racial issue, the left has made this policing into a racial issue. I think we need to be hearing from black and brown communities in the inner cities about how desperately they need cops because they're hurt the most. Um, but when, you know, police present presence decreases in their communities, um, when there's not enough cops on the ground. They're hurt the most. They suffer from the most violence and they suffer the most when bad cops are hired as a result of, uh, you know, recruitment shortages. So I think to turn this around kind of an offensive manner to say, no, this isn't a racial. Yes, it is a racial issue, but not in the way that you think we need more cops to help these communities that are suffering from like catastrophic levels of violence. I had um, I got a go back and look at this this is uh who someone who will not be named it's a it's a cop friend of mine that says you got this from a friend in the city can't make it up the city of st louis is on track to lose 192 police officers this year a guy just resigned with 15 years on to go to work at the qt the qt is like a a convenience store chain here in st louis and other parts of the country and they claim that the guy's making seventy three thousand dollars as a security guard now i don't know if that's because he's a supervisor or he's you know working that seems pretty high for just one store being a security guard but the bottom line is why wouldn't you take even if the job pays you the same amount and you don't have Mm -hmm. the level of stress and you don't have to leave your house every day wondering two things um, and your family wondering whether or not you're going to be shot or taken out by a bad guy or whether or not you're going to do the right thing try to stop the bad guy but you're going to see still be perceived as the guy that did the wrong thing because the media will jump on you if there's a shooting or something like that so it's a a lose-lose for these officers yeah, it really is. I mean, you see that these police officers will be doxxed or, you know, with just how everyone has a phone now and we all are connected by social media. Everyone will film a police encounter. and It'll always be from the perspective of, you know, the alleged victim and it'll always be anti-cop, even if the cops are doing their job. So I definitely understand that it's probably just it's such a hostile, intense environment for cops in America and just for people who want to become a police officer. Like I understand why you'd want to take another job um, being a security officer instead, because you don't have to face the repercussions or the things that cops nowadays have to face with cancel culture and doxing. Having said all this, I still am so confused by the reaction of those officers in Memphis that it just, it doesn't make sense. The level of wailing and the reaction from a traffic stop, which leads me to believe there's a, a little bit of the picture missing there. Yeah, no, I agree too. I mean, I, for for me, just watching the video of Tyra Nichols, you know, being beat up by the by the by the cops was just horrific. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Like he was obviously uh, not a threat, right, <laughs> and they just right. kept beating and beating him. And so it definitely, I I, I feel like there is a part of the story missing. Well, because I talk about these, you've written about several cases. I can't think of another situation where you have an encounter like this where the the person wasn't at least deemed a threat in 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 a even in a minimal way but there was nothing here victoria great work though i appreciate it thanks for coming on here this afternoon 
Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Victoria Marshall with The Federalist this afternoon. We got uh, Phil Holloway coming up here to talk about a couple other crime issues. But let me let me just give you an update. So this was confusing. I guess I do this as uh, words of advice for the audience in case something like this happens. And I still don't understand it. So, so I got home last night and there was an email that said that I was charged $33 cancellation fee for an Uber trip. Right. Right. So I'm looking at this thing. And if I if I looked at it correctly and this is so I send something in the app that seemingly is where you can complain about this. I don't feel like anyone's really looking at it. And then I sent something on Uber, at Uber and at Uber support on Twitter here a couple hours ago. And then they got back to you. And they responded to me because they said, hey, send us a DM. So I sent a DM and I said this. I got home at 6.30 last night. My ride from downtown St. Louis is about 25 to 30 minutes. I immediately noticed an email that came in and I showed him the email and it says cancellation fee, $33, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then I sent him the screen capture from the app. The app says that the request was accepted at 6.27 p.m. Okay, but you were. But yeah. the, can- the 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 request was canceled at six fourteen p.m. For those of you losing track of time here, that's like I would be able to time travel. Yeah. So I canceled the request before I made the request. Right. So that's what I wrote to Uber on the um, on the DM. I said that last shot is confusing. Does it really say that I requested a ride at six twenty seven, but I cancel it at six fourteen? I did not request an Uber. I would like the $35 refunded. So they uh, said, thanks for bringing this to our attention. What's your phone number? And here's what they just wrote me. And I was refunded immediately. Good. We're so sorry for the confusion this has caused. We've reviewed your account and confirmed that this trip was reserved for January 19th, 2023, with a scheduled pickup of February 6th, 2023 at 627 p.m. What? Okay. So there's, and you can do this. And by the way, I have. Have you done that? Why would you have done that? Okay. I have. I remember when my car was getting worked on. Yes. Okay. When my car was getting worked on, I was calling an Uber from here. Could I have accidentally? That's fine. But what doesn't make sense is why did I cancel it? Because I don't remember canceling anything. So I. But they gave me my money back. Well, so that was nice. It does make a little bit of sense because did I accidentally schedule a ride? I, I very well could have because I remember a couple of weeks ago yeah. there being some confusion about that. But what doesn't make sense is it says it was canceled be- before. I don't know how I canceled it because I didn't cancel it, but I got my money back. So there Hey, somebody on our uh, one of our feeds here, was it Twitter? Uh, no, it looks like it's YouTube. He said... Uh, he did something like this. He hadn't used Uber since April when he used an Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, he got an he took an Uber ride and had a mysterious charge for twenty five thirty one. Well, they hadn't charged him for the food, so the next time he'd used Uber, they just charged oh. him that fee later. And he was wondering yeah. if that happened to you. I think one of the things that's important here, and and I do this, is man, make sure you're looking at all those notices and the emails Boy, you get no because kidding. this I, I could have let this slide, and I know it's only thirty three dollars but it just kind of nagged at me because uh-huh. I thought, what, what, what are you talking about? So there you go. Phil Holloway's coming up next. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rings, two more... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, Phil Holloway is back with us this afternoon. He has been uh, writing and doing some interviews on Fox about the gag order in Idaho, which interests me because I think the judge, and I think Phil believes this, went a little too far in that, but we're going to talk about a couple other things as well. How are you, Phil Holloway, this afternoon? I'm doing real great. I hope you guys are. We are. We are. In, in the, the gag order situation, and I, I don't think I realized how extensive it was because to a certain extent, a gag order makes sense if you're trying to make sure that the information doesn't get too crazy that juries have access to before this goes to trial. But this judge went a lot further than you usually do or have to in cases, correct, in your opinion? Yeah, well, I will agree with you, at least to the point that it makes sense to always bear in mind that it's important to protect the fair trial rights of both the state and the accused, but I don't think there's very many circumstances, actually, when you drill down to it, that uh, that justify a gag order. Let me explain. So, obviously, this is the idea is to protect the fair trial, but uh, prosecutors are already ethically obligated to not try their case on the courthouse steps or in the media. And, of course, defense counsel, you know, they're obligated to think to keep things confidential as well. They they need to protect their clients, all of their rights, including the client's right to a fair trial. So that's already baked into the cake. So the problem is we can't presume that there's going to be unfair pretrial prejudice based on you know, a guess. And the Supreme Court of the United States has underscored that and has said that gag orders, which are a, a, a type of what we call prior restraint in the law, where a judge says, you're not going to talk about something before you even try to talk about it. That's, that's presumptively violative of the First Amendment. And so when you've got these safeguards already built into place that protect the, the fair trial rights, and we've got the First Amendment rights of the people involved, and, and of course, in this case, it involved their family members and their lawyer, but you also have the media, people like me and you that want to talk about these things, and reporters who want to do news gathering and talk to confidential sources. So these are all things that are protected by the First Amendment, so you have to balance it out. So is there a legal path to get some relief on the gag order? Is that happening right now or not, or is there yeah. no path for that? Yeah, there is. And so the a lawyer who represents a fam, the family of one of the victims has, uh, has challenged this. And um, they do have standing because the lawyer is one of the people that is specifically uh, prohibited from speaking publicly about the case. And, uh, and so that person probably has the most uh, interest and, and desire to use their First Amendment rights. So, so they have standing. They filed an appeal. But a lot of times in these cases, we see the news media that will weigh in and say, look, we can't properly do our, our jobs as, as, as a free and fair press if a court is telling us that we're going to just turn off the First Amendment as it pertains to this case. So lots of different people and entities might have standing, but one of the lawyers has, in fact, challenged it. And I think based on Supreme Court precedent, uh, for the reasons that we're talking about, has a reasonably 
probably a really good shot, actually, at getting the gag order at least amended, if not tossed altogether. And, and this would address some of the, the family members aren't even allowed to say things, right? Yeah, and so, right, and that's the problem. Can you imagine losing your child, right, in this kind of way and having some judge say, we aren't going to let you talk publicly about it. Mm. When you have a problem with what the police are doing or you want to praise the cops or whatever, you're, you're not allowed to go on Mark's radio show and talk about it. You know, that's the judge saying your First Amendment is shut down. Okay, you can't use your First Amendment, and that's a big deal. And, and in order to to violate or to, to basically um, infringe on the First Amendment like that, you've got to have a very compelling good reason, and there's got to be no other way to <clears throat> prevent an unfair trial. And as a reminder, we're, we're just guessing. We don't know that anybody's comments are actually going to prejudice a the jury pool to the point where you can't get a jury. It's That's just a, a guess, and it's too far of a stretch to justify shutting down somebody's First Amendment rights. Alex Murdoch case update. We talked about this last week. I haven't followed it as closely this week. Um, how are the prosecutors doing here, Phil? Yeah, they're doing great. Well, I say great. Let me let me tell you what I mean by that. They got a big victory because they were able to get the judge to allow them to bring in evidence of prior crimes. These all these financial crimes, and of course, he's implicated in a, a, a fake murder suicide, uh, fake murder on him where he paid a hitman or something to do him to, to kill him allegedly, and then of course he's also implicated possibly in the death of his housekeeper. So there's lots of dirty laundry out here, and the prosecutors just got a free pass to air most of that, particularly the financial crimes. Yeah. And um, so the jury now is, I, I think, obviously, they're going to convict him because they're going to hate him. They're going to say he's just a terrible person, uh, and so we're going to go ahead and just go ahead and convict him on, on this case, which may or may not be the right thing to do. Maybe he is guilty or maybe he's not guilty, but the problem under the law is that you want the jury to base their decision uh, on this case, on the merits of this case, not whether you think he's a bad person because he defrauded a bunch of people. And so the law does permit some of this to come in. Uh, in fact, it, it permits maybe all of it to come in, but the, the danger is that prosecutors will overdo it. So they did score a victory. They're doing well. They have the upper hand in the case, but they risk an appellate reversal if they go too far and a prosecutor never wants to try their case twice. Yeah, that's interesting. And did you see the Gabby Petito story that came out today with the photo? Oh, that's just, you know, I almost couldn't look at that, but I did. It's just so, so sad and so awful that that police department um, that saw her um, in, in this state of distress just couldn't or for whatever reason did not take any action that might have saved her life. That's so sad. Yeah, basically they released a picture that was a, a selfie. Really, it was taken minutes before the cops stopped her. Of course, she was uh, killed by her boyfriend, Brian Laundry. And the reason this is at issue right now is there's a wrongful death case. So the parents are saying, look, um, they filed suit against the Moab Police Department in Utah for not intervening. And if you look at the body camera video, it's not as stark as the selfie. The selfie makes it look worse which is interesting, and that's part of their case, saying, look, you, you guys should have done more here. And I think the more we find out about this, Phil, they should have done more, right? Well, you know, there's the case law on this is mixed. There's no absolute duty by law enforcement to guarantee someone's well-being or safety. Uh, however, on the facts of this case, when, when you've got a lot of states that have – these laws in place that, you know, in domestic violence situation, there's a, there are laws that say you must arrest. 
um, if there's any visible injury. Okay, and and so that's that's the one piece of it. But then there's another piece of it where you have a duty to use reasonable care to prevent foreseeable harm. That's just your general negligence standard. So when you look at these photos and you say obviously there's a problem here, and you look at what they did in response to that problem, which was clearly not enough by just, you know, telling them to go get separate rooms for the night or whatever. Um, they, if they had made an arrest, she would still be alive. And we can't deny that. I think that's true. Um, and I, so I do think that the police department may have some liability and maybe they'll settle this case, but you know, your heart just breaks for the family. Yeah, it really does. Phil Holloway. Awesome to have you on as usual. You have a great rest of your week. It's only Tuesday. We're kind of bummed out about that, but we will talk soon. Thank you, Phil. All right, All right take me. care. Bye. We'll come back here after the top of the hour. Um, there's a few things that I want to get back into. Former St. Louis County Councilman and former St. Louis County Police Chief Tim Fitch, who's a regular on the Reardon Roundtable, is going to join us. They, um, they put a little panel together. They've impaneled a group of people to decide whether or not the members of the county council should get a raise. Because remember, we talked about this a little bit last week. You can't vote on your own raise if you're an elected official that will be, you know, Apparently taking you can advantage. in the city. Well, you can, except for, again... Just to be clear, they passed it in the city, but all of those people still have to be elected and half of them will be gone. So in mm, other words, there, there's a little wiggle room there. Same thing maybe for um, for what's going to go on in the county with this group. But we'll see. We'll find out what, what he has to say after the top of the hour. The other thing is, is um, I've seen Shannon Robinson, who is a great, I guess we can refer to her as a community organizer, if you will. She's been great on some of these family issues, the school districts, and with county government in the abuses by Sam Page. She's been really revved up about some of the changes that they've made in the county council and the um, the meetings and what is deemed um, public comment time or not, because they're, they're relegating time to issues that are before the council. But if you just want to go up there, and I, to, to a certain extent I get this, I understand why they may have done this, but we'll see what uh, Chief Fitch has to say because Shannon's concern is that you have all these issues that maybe people want to talk about before the council and they're not allowed to because it's not a specific agenda. Oh, item. I see. So we'll get into that. Also, this uh, whole issue about dynamic movie ticket pricing at AMC Theaters. We're blowback about that. Two of our movie guys, Dan Buffin, and Paul Hall, plus an audio cut of the day in the next hour. Get more at 971talk.com. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 